in this episode, I want us to focus on the aspect of the Christian soldier. You know, the New Testament describes Christians in many ways. Christians are called disciples, sojourners, pilgrims, or um, children of light. Uh, in First Peter 2, 9, you have several descriptions there. Uh, Peter said, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Right. We, we have so many descriptions that the Bible uses to describe God's people. And one of those descriptions is that of being soldiers. We are soldiers in this war. We are soldiers of Christ. And we are in the Lord's army. When you look into the New Testament, you will notice that the Apostle Paul in his writings would refer to his fellow Christians as soldiers. Take, for example, he called Epaphroditus his fellow soldier in Philippians 2 and verse 25. Yet I consider it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need, right? He calls Epaphroditus a fellow soldier, right? He's not just my brother. That's the first description. The second description is he's a fellow worker. And then the third description that he gives there, and fellow soldier. Uh, Archippus was also described as a soldier in in the book of Philemon or the letter to Philemon, Philemon chapter one and verse two or Philemon verse two. There's only one chapter. Uh, Paul writes to the beloved Alphia, Archippus or Archippus, our fellow soldier. Right. He identifies uh, his Christian companions or his fellow workers as fellow Soldier, how do you feel about that description? What comes to your mind about that description? Right, it's it's always important to remember that in our walk of faith, there is this militant aspect to it. Right, we we are called to be kind. We are called to be loving. We are called to be gentle. We are called to be forgiving. We are called to be the Christian graces that we see in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. And, and we are called to practice the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5 and verse 22 and 23. But also remember that you are in a war, that you are fighting a battle. The Apostle Paul said to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. There's a war that's coming on to our ohana. There's a war against our ohana. And we as soldiers must stand up and fight. The main lesson comes from the words of Paul to his son Timothy. In 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2 and verse 3 and 4. Go there with me in your Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 and 4. Paul says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no one engaged in warfare and tangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as 
a soldier. So so keep that in mind. That's our main text. What I like to do and highlight from this text is the four E's. The four E's that the Christian soldier or the soldier of Christ must consider. Right from this passage, there are four E's that we must consider. And the first E is endurance, right? We must have endurance. Paul said to Timothy in our main text, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The word endure means to suffer patiently, to remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding. The Christian soldier needs endurance. We need endurance because we will face hardship. Second Timothy 3 and verse 12, it's not if we face hardship, it's a matter of when we face hardship. Paul said, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Second Timothy 3 and verse 12. We need endurance because enduring will lead us to salvation. Jesus said this, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved, right? Without endurance, we won't make it to the end. And if we don't make it to the end, we will not have salvation if you follow jesus here's the reality you will be hated you will be attacked the devil will come after you but you will need endurance you gotta bear through those challenges if you go to hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 and verse 2 i, I want us to notice this that without endurance we cannot run the race without the endurance we cannot finish the race without the endurance we will not see the end that god intended for us now in the in this verse of of hebrews the word endurance is is a different word is the word hupomane it's different from the word that paul uses in second timothy 3 or second timothy 2 and verse 3 but it has the same idea the same meaning the idea of bearing under trial the idea of continuing and never giving up the hebrew writers in hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 and verse 2 he says therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses that's paul's right there what cloud of witnesses you read chapter 11 that's the cloud of witnesses all those people that endure, you talk about Abraham's faith, Moses' faith, Noah's faith, Rahab's faith, the faith of David, everyone mentioned by the Hebrew writer in detail, and then those whom he mentioned and said, well, I don't have the time to talk about all of them, but they all endure hostility. Those are the witnesses. And the Hebrew writer says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance, hupomane, the race that is set, for poor, uh, that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the offer and finisher of our faith. Now, why do we need to look to Jesus. Why look to Jesus? Because he's the example of enduring. He's the example of the type of endurance 
that we must have. The Hebrew writer says, who, speaking of Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. If you ever think about that, Jesus, for your joy, for the joy of salvation, for the joy of helping you and me make it to heaven. He endured the cross. You could you could pick any moment. You could look at the sufferings of Christ and pick any moment that was challenging. If you really think about it, put yourself in his shoes. You, you and I might have quit at any moment. All right. Maybe when they start bringing in false witnesses during the trial of Jesus, if you were in Christ, in Christ's shoes, you may, you may give up right then and there. Or maybe when he was slapped around by the soldiers and mocked by the soldiers, uh, it's possible that we could give up and not endure. Or maybe the time when they, when they, when they gave him some lashes on his back and, 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 Beat him brutally. We, we could have quit right then and there if we were in his shoes. Or maybe the time when they led him to Golgotha. When they nailed his hands and his feet to the cross and hung him on the cross. If we were in his place, maybe we would have quit. Maybe we would be hanging on the cross cursing God. But that's what, that's not what Jesus did, right? Jesus endured the cross to save us. You need an example of endurance. Look to Jesus. He finishes our race. He finished the race. The author and finisher of our faith. He endured. We need endurance if we are going to run the race. We Christians must have endurance. Because without it, we can't be strong soldiers of Jesus Christ. E number two is the, is the word engage. Paul says no one engaged in warfare. Now the word engage means to participate. To be actively involved. As a soldier of Christ, we must be engaged in a good fight of faith. In the first letter to, to Timothy, Paul encouraged him to fight, to, to engage in a spiritual warfare. First Timothy 1 and verse 11, Paul says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Timothy, there's a fight. And by the prophecies and by the word of God, you are to wage a good warfare. Sounds like he's not on the sidelines, right? Sounds like he's he's not standing in a neutral zone and saying, well, I'll just let them fight. I'll just be neutral. No, sounds like Paul was saying, Timothy, get up and fight. You are in this war. Get up and fight. First Timothy 6 and verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. A soldier of Christ must fight. We need to remember we are engaging in a warfare. We need to remember that we have an enemy. That we are fighting. Our enemy is the devil. 
and do not underestimate the enemy. He is wicked. He is cunning. He knows how to fight this fight. He knows how to get to you and get you distracted. He knows who you are and the weapons you fight with. We're fighting the devil. And when we are engaged in this warfare, you need to put on the armor of God. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Notice verse 10 beginning. Paul says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We're fighting some evil spirits. And in this world and in this warfare, we must put on the whole armor of God. You cannot fight without the armor. Paul says, Ephesians 6, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. You have to know the truth. Having put, on the, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, you need to be living right, to do right, to know what is right and do what is right. Having your, having your, having sawed your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, wherever you go, take the name of Jesus with you. Declare the gospel with you, wherever you go. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. One of the things about the Roman shield, and very likely that is the type of armor that Paul is referencing here, the Roman armor, the Roman shield, is it covers the entire body. You can literally hide behind that shield. And that's the idea of the shield of faith. Your faith. Is your cover. Your faith is your shield. Hide behind your faith. Protect your yourself. From the enemy's arrows. By having a strong faith. And take the helmet of salvation. The helmet is for your head. Another way to read it is. Always remember the end game. Always remember. Heaven is the goal. To be with God is the goal. The Apostle Paul said, I, I, I'm being crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In Paul's head, in his mind, he was determined that he is going to be saved, that he is going to walk in the light, that he is going to stay in the grace and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, because that's where he's headed. Paul says, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Helmet of salvation. What's on your mind? What's top priority on your mind? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And don't forget the weapon of, of offense, Paul says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. How do you fight this war? 
How do you engage in a warfare? Put on the whole armor of God and be a prayer warrior. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication of the saints. Christian, you have to ask yourself this question. Are you actively engaged in the spiritual warfare? Are you fighting the good fight of faith? Or are you standing on the sideline? Number three, E number three to consider is entanglement. Or entangle. Second Timothy 2 verse 4, Paul says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Definition, cause to become twist together with or caught in. That's the word entangle. They got mixed up with these things. Or think about a, a, a web. You caught in the web of nonsense. If one wants to be a good soldier of Christ, they must be focused on the mission. One cannot afford to be distracted from the mission. Now, there are times when we get distracted, absolutely. But so long as we refocus, right? So long as we, we refocus our hearts and our minds on Christ. There, there are times where, where we may be slacking, but let's refocus. But there will, there does come a time when we get led away. When the distractions literally lead us away from Jesus. You cannot afford that. We must revisit our priorities. We cannot let the affairs of this life become more important than the spiritual things, than the spiritual relationship with God. We've got to refocus. Paul had other companions who got entangled, if you will, with the affairs of this life. You think about Demas. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, Paul said. And has departed for Thessalonica. There are so many others um, the Bible gave as examples who were once faithful but then got distracted. They got entangled. A Christian who goes back into the world or who's entangled again in sin is in a worse condition. If that happens to a Christian, here's what the Bible says. Second Peter 2 and verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. If the things of this life is taking our focus away from God, it is because we are loving those things more than God. First John chapter 2 and verse 15 and 17. Paul says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. As soldiers of Christ, we need to focus on Christ and the things he has called us to do. Do not be, get distracted. Do not let the affairs of this life take our focus away from what's most important to us, 
Paul would remind the Colossians and us this morning, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For, your, for you died and your life is hidden in Christ, in, with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. You think about that. Don't get entangled in the affairs of this life. The last E that the Christian soldier must consider is to remember your enlistment. You've enlisted in the Lord's army. Someone enlisted you as a soldier, and that someone is Jesus. Again, Paul to Timothy, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who, here it is, enlisted him as a soldier. To enlist or to enroll in the armed forces of the Lord, one must obey the gospel. And that's all of us here, church. That's all of us who have obeyed the gospel. When you decided to put on Christ in baptism, when you, when you, in the words of those songs, uh, have decided to follow Jesus, you are enlisted or became enlisted into the army of Christ. And so he is your commander-in-chief. And so when your commander gives you orders, your mission, your goal as an enlisted soldier is to please him. That's your focus. You want to please Jesus because he enlisted you. Tell me, is that your aim in life? Don't, don't be one of those soldiers that just claim I'm part of the Lord's army, but don't obey the Lord. Luke chapter 6 and verse 46. Jesus says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? So many want to identify as Christians, but their actions don't please the Lord. Their lives don't please the Lord. You want to please your master. You want to obey your master. He enlisted you to be his soldier. Follow his commands. The sad commentary on Judgment Day, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, 23, Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Or you can walk around claiming you're a Christian, but if you don't act and do the things that Jesus said, you are far from it. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, many, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Jesus will not be pleased with those who only proclaim and not do. He will not be pleased with everyone who says, Lord, Lord, and do not 
the things were the will of the Father. We need to obey Jesus. If we want to if we want to please Jesus, we need to obey him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. John 15 and verse 14. You need to obey him. Jesus should be the only one that we focus on pleasing. Don't try to please men. Someone someone uh, made a joke, you know, don't stop trying to please everyone. You are not pizza. And well, that's it's funny, but that's an assumption that you that that everybody loves pizza. Well, in many circles, it, it, that comes to it, I come to find out that that's true. That a lot of people love pizza, but we are not pizza. You cannot please everybody, but you can certainly please the Lord if you will obey Him. I think about what Paul said to the. Galatians, you know how how he marveled that, that they were turning away from him who called them into the grace of Christ Jesus to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who troubled you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Well, in that context, the apostle Paul said in verse 10, For do I now persuade men or God? The, the idea is, is Paul now seeking to please men or God? Right? Do, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I will not be the bondservant of Christ. Who are you aiming to please with your life? It ought to be Jesus. If you, if you are a soldier in his army, your aim, your goal is to please your commander-in-chief. Four E's for the Christian soldier to consider. We need to have endurance. Do not yield. Do not give up. Have endurance. Make it to the end and you will be saved. We need to remember to engage in the warfare, the spiritual warfare. Continue to fight the good fight of faith. Beware of entanglements. Beware of being entangled with the affairs of this life. There is someone out there that is trying to distract you. That is trying to take you away from Jesus. Be aware. Remember that you are enlisted in the army of the Lord. That Jesus enlisted you. Seek to please him. In this war on our Ohana, we are soldiers of Christ. Soldiers of Christ, arise. Let's fight the war. Fight the good fight of faith. Help each other make it to eternal glory. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Ohana, we are soldiers of Christ. Soldiers of Christ, arise. Let's fight the war. Fight the good fight of faith. Help each other make it to eternal glory. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening.